Okay, Paul, are you recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Because we haven't done one of these not on Twitch for a while. I know, it's weird, isn't it? I was like, man, how wild would it be if we just sat here and talked for four hours and no one recorded? And nobody, re- yeah, I was on top of it, don't worry. Okay, I've started recording as well, just, just in right. case. And I am not recording anything. That's fine. That's good. We don't ever, we expect the least from you, John. We always That's do. how I like to. That's good. But what we shouldn't expect the least from is your friends at the SoxCast presenting to you this holiday season Top 10 Games of 2018 brought to you by Moon Pies. Please sponsor me. <laughs> I did say you should do that. You should just act, start acting like you're actually sponsored. Yeah, moon should. Pies, they're good. They're, they're Moon Pie good. They're fantastic. They're over the moon. They're over the I'm over the moon for moon pies. I wish I could eat moon pies. Do it anyway and suffer the consequences. <laughs> Trust me, it's worth it. That's one option. I actually Googled today gluten-free pizza rolls, and there were zero results. Wow. Except for a homemade vegan recipe. Oh. Yep. That's bound to get the taste buds going. Mm-hmm. Do you want a gluten-free pizza roll? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Lord. So, everybody, welcome. This is, of course, our annual end of the year. Good old games of the year. Like, you need need something positive for the year. To look back. Yeah. To, to, to look, look at all back the fun at you the, had. Yeah, to, 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 to relive all of the wonderful things that happened in the year 2018. <laughs> Who better to bring it to you than the, your, your, very, uh, your always happy and satisfied pals at the Sox cast? <laughs> I thought it was a pretty great year, personally. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of us made some very good life decisions that made our <laughs> lives way better. Yeah, like me and John had good years. So. Yeah, y'all, y'all got y'all, y'all got along pretty pretty well, I would think. Rhett got some crazy good new employment. John yeah. cut uh, cut assist off of his ass and, and got some crazy good employment. And and crazy yeah. good employment. And I'm just over here like, man, I fucking hate video games. Oh no! <laughs> oh, this is these are going to be some lists. Yeah, they're going to be some lists. We, of course, have our own personal top ten lists, but we also have lists from you, the dear listener, out there in listener land, all two of you. Well, we got a whole 19 of them this year. Wow. User lists. How many of those 19 do you think actually listen to the podcast? Well, I think they're going to listen to this one. I know, but I'm just saying, on a regular basis, how many of those 19 would you put money down on saying, like, actually listen? I mean, you see the download numbers. Not everybody can be there live. But some people are there live, so yeah. I think yeah. these are our dedicated fans. Like eight or nine people are live every time, so that's, I think yeah. it's like at least half. These are these are our people. To my immediate virtual right, he's not much on ramen noodles, thing. it's Rhett. Hi. How's it going? I'm excited. You are? For me to have the best taste of anybody here, you probably do. I mean, I, I'm, cer- I'm certainly not. I'll gonna make dislike. you eat those words. <laughs> I'm certainly not going <laughs> to dislike any of your choices. I'll guarantee it. Or mine. Oh, I won't even know what fucking three fourths of yours are. Yeah, we don't even know what John's games are, or if they're even games. Yeah. To my immediate virtual left, the cure for the common cold. It's John Fire. That's really funny because I'm sick right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was sick last oh, year. Oh no, am so I going to be sick next turn. year? 
Oh god, yeah. Might as well just complete the trifecta. Because I had that debilitating one, somebody please kill me respiratory infection last year and Ugh. feels and weird going into this. Podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So before John gets any sicker, what do you say we go ahead get this thing Wait. kicked into gear? Wait, I have to complain about something. Why do you have okay. to complain? Walmart discontinued their gluten-free bread. It was better and cheaper than Udi's, and now it's just gone. And this is why you get behind somebody like Moon Pies, who's never going to let you down. <laughs> I'm over the moon for Moon Pies. <laughs> <sighs> All right, I'll try to get over that, and then we can and try to maintain good spirits for the podcast. All right, okay. so <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm going to throw it over to Rhett to get things kicked off. Why don't we Why don't we start it off with the people who make us what we are, the people who got us to this prestigious. Mm-hmm position in the podcasting world to having this empire that we do <laughs> give us a user list okay i always like to start with the shortest user list just to get things rolling so this i'm going to read this verbatim taylor's goty top three number one spider-man number two hitman two number three bloodstained curse of the moon i oh. clearly didn't play much considering wwe 2k19 was in the top five <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No blurbs for any of them. No, but those are my favorite kinds of lists. Thank you, Taylor. Well, that's the only one, unfortunately, with no blurbs. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Alright, so I guess I will throw to me now. Yep. Uh, I have uh, another user list. It is from a collaborator on the old Poly Dungeon project from uh, Miss Ghosty, who happens to have three wonderful little games here. For me to mention for her, number three, Stardew Valley. Escape the rat race and start life anew on Gramps' old farm. A farm sim game done right. Cute, lovely, and surprisingly deep. Number two, a game that uh, got a lot of talk here on the podcast this year, CrossCode. Mm. Great little game with a lot of heart that lives somewhere between a JRPG and a top-down shooter sporting little sp- sporting it'll-do level puzzles. Great visual style and a vibe that makes me think Mega Drive and PSO. Not wrong there. Not wrong cool. there, I don't think. Oh, the PS2 vibe is nice. The PSO vibe is nice. Yeah. And yeah. number one, I think this is one we will all agree with, Hollow Knight. Ah. Uh. And I, just like the first three words of her blurb says it all, a genre perfected. Out of the way, out, <clears throat> out of the way, Metroid, great art, atmosphere, and narrative, excellent bosses, exploration that feels like exploration, charm, humor, secrets, it has it all. And that is Ghosty's list. That is pretty solid. Top three. Oh, yeah. If I would say so myself. So I guess we're going to go mm. ahead and rip into the packages, Rhett. Let's go! It's Christmas morning, or the oh, day after. Boy. It's actually Boxing Day. If You'll be listening to this on Boxing <laughs> Day. So, Canada, oh, put I, your hearts out. Rhett's getting you started. I'm not really a fan of boxing. Uh, so I played two games at the start of this year, kind of back-to-back. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if any of these will hang at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then one of them fell off, and that was Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Uh, so the one I went with, my oh. number 10, is Gravity Rush 2. Hmm. Because while Horizon felt like the perfection of, you know, kind of the old style of games, like, it felt like I'd played that before. Like, oh, it's Far Cry 4, but it's really pretty. Gravity mm-hmm. Rush was just a game that was, n- like, nothing I'd ever played before. And the movement in this game is just so incredibly fun to use. You just, you fling yourself th- with gravity everywhere. It's just, it's a crazy game. 
It's it's a rush, really. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> and like, the story is just total anime nonsense, which I love. Like, they made a whole game. Like, I feel like the thesis for this game was just dive kicks the game, <laughs> because <laughs> that's the whole. That's like a huge thing in the combat is just like increasingly over the top dive kicks into enemies while you're using your gravity powers and shit. And it feels like there's two games in one here where it's like, there's the first half of the game where it's like, Gravity Rush 2, it's bright and colorful, and it's like, it doesn't look like the original. It's an all-new setting and an all-new story. And then halfway through the game, you go back to the city from the first game, and the whole, like, plot changes, and now it's like, Gravity Rush 2, the direct sequel to the first game, (laughs) story-wise. It's just, it's fucking wild. And then the game's ending is so nuts that it reminded me of Astro Boy Omega Factor to the point where I went, oh, oh this, shit. this can't be the actual ending because what happened is so terrible, they're obviously going to introduce like a, a time travel thing, and I'm going to have to go back in time and like fix this. And then they don't do that. Oh. And, that is, and then it's just actually the ending. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. But, but then there's a post-game like, that's kind of hidden where there's the, like this whole third act... Where it's like Gravity Rush 2. Oh, fuck, we're not going to get a sequel. We're going to tie up all the loose ends from the first game. Kind of like the fucking just, shit that the Xenosaga series had to do yeah. because all of a sudden it's not seven games anymore, it's three. Go! Yeah. So it's just, oh, here's, like, plot dump lore backstory for Cat and resolving everything and then massive anime insanity. And it's just, it's a really fun game. You have to put up with some jank and nonsense for it because like the camera is questionable i went back and played a little bit it was like oh yeah like when you're flying around like it can get hung up on things but i really enjoyed my time with this game like it's a really fun kind of cute superhero game Mm -hmm. at its heart where you just want to go around helping people or throwing them (laughs) with your gravity (laughs) powers off the island i like that that ladder option yeah that just happens it's so weird like, when you activate your gravity powers, like, everything around you will also be caught. <laughs> so you, you can just fucking fling people. <laughs> and the game never comments on it. Really weird. <laughs> so that's my number ten. That's a good choice. That makes me re- that makes me interested in those games. I haven't played the original as well. I have to do that <laughs> at some point. I'm going to play the original and then go back and probably mainline the story of two again. Yeah, I understand they, the first one is still way, way more jank than two, obviously. Yeah, or... that's why I started with two, because I was like, let me... Because I played the demo for two and just fell in love with the movement immediately. Mm-hmm. It feels so fucking cool to fly around and stuff. Like, movement is such a huge thing in games where it has to feel good. Yeah. And this has, like, some of my favorite ever. You do that a lot. Like, I remember you played Mass Effect 2 without one. Uncharted 2 I know, without I played one. Mass Effect 1. Yeah, you played one. Oh, okay. I finished, no, my story with that one is I finished Mass Effect 1 and then started 2 the same night. Oh, I was immediately like, oh my god, this feels ten times better to play. (laughs) It was like, it felt like a generational leap and I did it in like ten minutes. Excellent. Alright, cool. Throw it to... Oh, it was was Uncharted 1 I didn't play. Yeah, I think I was thinking of that and I thought of Mass Effect 2. Okay. (laughs) If it's not a pattern. Okay, no. So, John. Throw it, to, throw it to John, Brett. So, John, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a game we know, at least. Yeah, hey, yeah. wow. 
Yeah, this is, this is the most that kind of game on the... This is, <laughs> this is the most jank game on, the, on my list. <laughs> I had a very strong reaction to this game's conclusion, and I connected with it a whole lot, and I pulled away from it a little bit in the time since, but, like, that, that was real. It, it got me. <laughs> it was a 25-hour game where the last six hours were real good. And the, and the first 19 most... were terrible. No, no, no. The, the first two hours are good. The last six hours are good. <laughs> and then there's a lot of stuff in the middle. <laughs> Basically all the Disney stuff, it sounds like. Basically all the Disney stuff is kind of bad. Oh. And it's pretty, it's, a, it's pretty rough to play because it's very um, extremely obtuse with its event flagging is the whole thing. Yeah. Like it's an adventure game where you are constantly just trying to figure out how to trigger the next cutscene. Um, which sucks, but man, it really goes for it in the end, and it really lands everything it has to go for. Hollow Bastion, especially, is like four hours of game that's just mm-hmm. like way better than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I connected with the game a lot, and I'm really excited to play the next games because, as I understand it, they are not they get more up their own ass with the original stuff, which is good, yeah, and they are yeah. more just straight beat em ups, which is good. So, I'm very excited about especially Kingdom Hearts 2, and hopefully, hopefully, I just kind of keep flowing through that and have a very Kingdom yes. Hearts 2019. Kingdom Hearts 2, then like seven games in the middle, then Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, there's Basically. like there's like two or three games that take place between one and two. You got to play uh, first. Uh, no, yeah, the, it's Chain of Memories 2, 358 over two, Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance, yeah. then three. Dream Drop Distance just. <laughs> was so long ago that Dream Drop Distance was the first one that was like directly after two. So that's the one that you actually like would have to play. Oh my god. I know, right? Or I'm... I just fall away from it. Who knows? I'm just like, oh there's a Pirates of the Caribbean level in three. That looks neat. <laughs> that was in two. Yeah, but it looks like it looks really so bad good now. Oh okay, cool. There's a frozen level in three. It's yeah. Frozen. I watched the Skrillex. Of, of course trailer. there is. I watched the Skrillex trailer and it was really, it was really good. I want to play three. I'm just like, ooh, Toy Story level. I know, right? <laughs> if it's good, then I'll be happy with the Disney stuff. <laughs> if it's like one yeah. is basically the only one that sounds like that, and I still really connected with it, so I might, I might get real deep into Kingdom Hearts. I think that would be a fun journey. Oh boy, <laughs> John I know. Snick, John Snick's deep dive. It's like I've got like four. Year. I've got like four queued up. I've got Atelier. I've got Witcher. Oh. Fate. It's Are you great. really going to keep going with Atelier? Maybe. I mean, Totoro <laughs> looks so much better. It looks so much better. Ugh. <laughs> Alright, so that was the, that's the most like, caveatsy one. And that's why it's at number 10. But it's special. I, I think it it's, makes sense. It's a corp game. Connect. Yeah, it's a it's corp like, game. It's, it's multiple corpse games. Yeah. <laughs> it's Disney and Square and I guess that's it. It's like the most anti-John game one could think of. And now it's on his list. It's also Disney and Final Fantasy, and I like those a lot. I'm going to take away your right, indie cred. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Lost all the... No, indie indies are really wild about Kingdom Hearts. It's pretty funny. I know, that's like, real oh. weird. <laughs> all right. Polly. Yo! What's your number 10? My number 10 is the most self-indulgent thing I could possibly think of. <laughs> Guess what, motherfucker? 
Poly Dungeon is my number 10. Woo! <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> you only played nine games. No, no, that is actually not it. There was there was another number 10, <laughs> but I removed it for Poly Dungeon. And it's because, <laughs> like, a lot of sentimentality goes into these lists for me. Like, if, if, if something, like, connects for me on a, an emotional level, be it through the actual work itself or other circumstances surrounding it, that can elevate something for me. We were talking about that yeah. a bit on the uh, album of the year list uh, the other day. But um, Poly Dungeon's awesome because I got to collaborate with Rhett on something for the first time, that, like, of this scope. Yeah. And that's super important for me because obviously oh. Rhett being one of my favorite creators, being able to have his name attached to this thing that I got to put out into the world is awesome. Uh, it's also important because Ghosty was involved and that got to kind of be her first big foray into expressing herself in a, because she's not a very public person. So this is like the first big project she's ever got to kind of like throw herself at and get her work out there so that people can see the kind of things she's capable of doing. And there may be a future collaboration between me and her again in the future we might be working on over the course of the next year. So that's obviously uh, exciting as well. And uh, you know what? I'm really fucking funny. Fucking Poly Dungeon <laughs> oh, is funny yep. as fuck. I replayed it the other day and thought, you know what? Like, I know that this is the most bare-bones stupid thing in the world, but it's act it's genuinely fucking hilarious. And that yep. was that was the fucking feedback that I got when it was released, is people were genuinely laughing and having a good time, and it wasn't just blowing smoke. So it was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm putting Poly Dungeon on my goddamn list. <laughs> I ain't fucking scared. I bet you replaying it probably was the most one of the most fun you had with the game in a year. It was year. actually just kind of being able to take all of that in four months after the fact and just yeah. be like, oh, yeah, this thing's actually really fucking cute because it's so weird when you make something and then come back to it like after a significant amount of time has passed. You're like, oh, I did all this weird. Like, yeah, I like, get that feeling a lot with my stuff. It's like, how did I, how did I write all of that shit? There's so much. There's crap so in that much. Game. Like, how did it all... Like, yeah, it took a couple years to come together, obviously, through various oh starts God. and stops, but... Yeah, this is actually retroactively your number 11 on every other list yeah, we've done. Yeah, Because you've been basically. working on it since the podcast started. <laughs> it started... No, I started working on this in, like, 2016. The oh, first so pre-Her Lullaby. Yeah, this was pre-Her Lullaby, so... So, yeah. I got back into it. Poly Dungeon's awesome. I'm very proud of it, and I'm proud to have it on my list, so I, I ain't got no fucking shame. Oh yeah. No shame. John is like, yes, good. Yeah, John. John is well, envious right now. Putting, now I feel much better about putting facets at number one. <laughs> Spoilers, Jesus. I'm gonna have to fucking bleep that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna throw it to Rhett for another user list. Oh. I don't know why I gave myself this one because I don't know how to pronounce one of the games. Uh. This one comes in from Carmichael McCallis. Yo. Number three, Shantae, half-genie hero. I had a lot of fun with this one. It had some frustrating parts, but overall it was a good experience for me. Number two, Time Spinner. Beautiful graphics, wonderful controls, and a neat story. It's a great exploratory platformer. I highly recommend it. And number one, Remy Adry, 
Rimiardi. Rimiardi. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that at it's all. A this is a Toho it's, fan it's, game. It's it's yeah. Toho by way okay. of wizardry. I've never heard of it, but I know it's a Toho fan game. Yeah, and I, we don't know how to pronounce the name. I think it's Rimiardi, just because okay. it's based on wizardry. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. Carmichael says, I wrote almost 2,000 words about this game. What more do you want me to say? <laughs> I, think he, I think he likes it. He likes it a lot. Like, he's got like 70 or, 70 or 80 hours on this game, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> and because this is shortlist, honorable mentions Jazz Punk and Poly Dungeon. Yo! Shout outs to me. <laughs> cool hearing about Jazz Punk like years later. Yeah, like, Jazz Punk fun. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, John, I believe you have a user list yep. for us. This would be Don1991. We remember you, Don. We love you. Hello, dear members of the SoxCast and John. <laughs> it, it actually says that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are my favorite user list every year. <laughs> I didn't realize what that was saying until I read it. <laughs> um Number three, Kirby Star Allies. This is a fun game with a relaxing gameplay, fun powers, entertaining boss battles, and as tradition for Kirby's, one stupidly over-the-top and insane final boss gauntlet. It also has some memorable lore details, and the additional content that got added through free DLC is really worth mentioning. This is one of those games New that makes me of- mad I don't have a Wii. Or, oh, or yeah. I, don't, I don't have a Switch. It makes me mad. Mm. Mm. New playable characters from previous games like Mark, Smagalore, and Susie, and a new mode with much more difficult bosses. Number two, Iconoclasts. What do you get when the creator of Nortu Love makes an exploration platformer? A surprisingly well-crafted dark story about a world suffering under a merciless regime, facing its very near destruction with characters, both protagonists and antagonists, that have actual depth. It also plays really smoothly and has a strong female protagonist, as well as some amazing bosses, including a truly insane final boss. Someone compared this game to Mistborn, which made me be like, oh, okay. <laughs> also, because it's Noi to Love. Cool. Uh, person. Number one, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This game is the proudest and also dumbest expression of how many characters, how many challenges, music, love, care, how much heart, how much determination, and pure stupid fun you can stuff into a single game. So, so far, I loved every second of it. The only downside is the loss of the trophies, but... The single-player mode is actually fun again, and they put so much effort into those spear battles. Does this game also end on an insane and over-the-top final boss like all my previous choices? Of course. Finally, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes, even John. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Super Smash Brothers, I've always been bummed that I am not into that series at all. But, uh, like, just seeing people be as happy as they are with that thing and how fucking much love and quality goes into what that thing is, just, like, that's incredible. That is an incredible piece of work. I saw somebody call it, like, the hardest they've ever laughed at a game because just how insane it gets when, like, you know, all these characters are fighting each other on a totally weird Nintendo-themed stage and then, like, a trophy pops up and it's, like, the Pong paddles or something. (laughs) (laughs) It just gets really wacky, like Pac-Man beating up Solid Snake and Mega Man. Like, that shit mm-hmm. is fantastic. Like, I wish I liked playing those games. Yeah, just and then I played Brawl and was just like, ooh. Yeah, it's Brawl, not for Brawl's me. Brawl's just the one that feels so bad, though. Like, I actually like how Melee feels, and I, I remember liking how 4 felt when I tried it. I just, wow, Brawl felt really bad. So, so I'm just... But even then, just... I'm very, I'm very open to potentially being seduced by Ultimate next year. 
I'll probably play it at some. You're open to seducing cute boys by owning <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh my God, just I went to I went to their house and they already had it, so that's okay. off the table. <laughs> so maybe they can seduce me. So there you smash go. with Smash. They can smash and then they can seduce you to Smash. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm talking right. about fucking. <laughs> I'm talking about fucking. It's the and new then Netflix playing, and, and then playing Super Smash Brothers. And I made Samus, and I put on the gravity suit color. Samus is low tier. <laughs> Just kidding. That's yeah, okay. Or maybe like <laughs> they had Simon Belmont in that game. What the hell, man? I know. I, there's so many characters that I keep forgetting who is in it. The fact that pers- the, the fact that the Persona Five main character is going that... to be in that is insane. Oh my god! I woke up to that news and was just like, "Yeah, fucking sure. What?" <laughs> Like, when I saw that As announcement persona? happening, I was just like, are you for fucking real? I'm just like, yeah, sure, why? But, like, has yeah, Persona, besides Q, uh, ever been on Nintendo? No! That's what's so dumb about it. Did you see it coming? <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it coming! <laughs> I swear that's the only reason they did it. Yeah. was <laughs> that joke. Rhett, I think you've got a number nine on your list. Okay. Um, so when I'm doing these lists, obviously the games at the top matter, order-wise. And then there's the kind of six through nine where it's like, I don't really care too much about the order of them. So <laughs> I, I, I was flipping things around, and then this one landed at number nine, and I just go, oh, well, that feels right. My number nine is the Nonary Games. Oh, which is... <laughs> that's perfect. That's actually fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, it landed there. It was like, oh, I'm sorry, you can't move now because so the Nonary Games is the combination pack of 999 and Virtue's Last Reward, mm. which are two very good visual novels that I enjoyed a lot. And we've talked about these games pretty extensively. Oh, a lot. Like Zero Time yeah. Dilemma was my game of the year in 2016, so. Yeah. I would say I probably lean a little more towards 999 of these two, but mm. like 999 is a very in this version where you don't have to replay the entire game like 10 times. Yeah. It's a very kind of streamlined experience now that's pretty like okay, you get the keys and then you just rush towards the end pretty instantly. Yeah, uh, the so it's a very version, streamlined. Yeah. Yeah. And they so it's very the, the last I puzzle the version that doesn't have any puzzles. And then, but this one does have the puzzle, so it's kind of the yeah. ideal. Yeah. So, so nine 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 is like this kind of streamlined experience. That's like, okay, like I see what you're going for here. And then Virtue's Last Reward is just, hey, do you want way more of that? And maybe goes on a bit too long, but like I really appreciate what they were doing with the Ally Betray stuff and like yeah. the way that game got me to scream at a few points at some characters <laughs> and just the way. It fucks with you when it knows which paths you've already been down and starts altering oh. things based on that. That shit's really that, good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's that's a good series of games for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. John, what is your number nine? Uh, my number nine is Poly Dungeon. Yo! <laughs> I'm getting all the love this year. Uh, yep, that's It's about fucking mentions. time that, that... my genius got recognized. <laughs> Finally. I think that's three mentions so far. That's the most. I know, right? (laughs) Um, So everything you said, um, this really got, and it got especially elevated. Um, I played it about three or four times through. 
on the beta version, which was the same all the way through, except that it had World Revolution <laughs> instead of the final boss music. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. there yet. <laughs> so then I um so then I got to listen to Ghosty's Starfall. Oh man, it's such and a the good... ending theme, and I was just like, oh my god, she knocked Ooh. those out of the park. Ooh, yeah. T O T Y. 2019 shock yeah. of the year easily <laughs> so that that just having that the cl- that climax go that hard um with the addition of the <laughs> um with of ghosty's music really elevated it even more to me i really like this yeah. game a lot polly yeah like when i replayed and the right. game and i got to the climax again i thought it just it didn't really strike me at the time how absurd and stupid it was compared to the rest of the game. <laughs> and then I got there again and I'm literally just grinning ear to ear the whole time at how stupid this was and how just amazing it is at the same time. Yep. I approve a lot. I'm very happy to put it on my list. I experimented with like a couple games in this spot and then I kept coming back like, nope, Poly Dungeon, Poly Dungeon feels right. This is the one. Fantastic. So, John, I'm just real curious. Was Kingdom Hearts always number 10? Kingdom Hearts was always number 10, and then I experimented with a couple games I liked more than Kingdom Hearts. It's weird. That's what I said to Polly earlier, is that, like, (laughs) number 10 is always usually a lock for bottom of the list, and number 9 is the one I can sacrifice, even though that's not how mine shook out this year. But in the past, it was like, well, number 10 has to be this. Number 9 is the floating one. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) We're both the same. Mm-hmm. I think Polly might have. I, if someone has my other choice, then I'll mention that when it if it comes up. Okay, cool. Polly, yeah. Do you have a number nine? Yeah, I do. Y'all have a cute little uh, indie game called Fishing Mini Game Two. This is my other choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Fishing <laughs> between this and Polly Dungeon. I absolutely loved this game. Like when I first, like I, I originally stumbled onto them like beta testing it and i kind of got the rough idea and i had to just like i can't stay and watch this because i want to play this and it's just this great little single room story that unfolds over the course of you entering passwords and finding clues as to how to kind of piece this whole story together and it's just got this great little resolution that's fantastic like it's hard to talk about the game because it's it's super short and it gets in, does its thing, gets out. It's very clearly inspired by like near automata and things like that. Um, <laughs> no longer, still longer than you'd expect, though, from what it is. Yeah, and like it took go, me it's like, like way beefier. Yeah, it took me like an hour and a half, I think. To I think I really it's, it's not, okay. I think I have to finally actually play this. Yeah, it's really it's, good. You're both, Polly actually put it on your list, and then John almost did. And the way you're like, yes, this is a game called Fishing Mini Game Two. It's inspired by near automata. <laughs> Like, it, it even uses no the same context. text crawl sound oh. from Nier Automata. Oh my god. With no context, <laughs> this sounds amazing. It's just a super amazing little game. You can play it for free. Please go do so. There is like a sort of like a five minute prequel visual novel uh, that you can play online to it as well. I think the itch page links to it. Um, that might be worth, you know, giving your... It's, I don't think that it's 100% essential, but it kind of gives you a little bit of a background on what's happening in Fishing Minigame 2 and how the how the character arrives there. Um, but yeah, it's just this character that's on a journey, and they stop to play a fishing minigame, get addicted to it, and mm. kind of just don't want to do the quest no more. 
and you get you get to play around in that little space doing various different things with the way you interact with the game and i just think it's just a super great little piece of work i yeah like i i I can't say much more about it other than like yo I, i will definitely be playing more of dari's games yeah, that's the thing. Dari made um, Let's Make a Game. Let's Make a Game is also um, really good. Yeah, I played that. I cried a little bit. It's, it's like this half hour <laughs> thing. It's two really beefy games in one year. I was really impressed yeah, with Dari. Like, like, yeah, like, just super good at making video games. Like, yo, yeah. I don't know if you listen to us or not, but you rock and I really love your work. Yep, same all. So that's my number nine. Uh, Rhett, we're going to toss it back to you. We're going to get another couple user lists going here. What do you say? Okay, I've got a user list from Mr. Poncho Smith. Ah, Mr. Mr. Uh, Subtlety. Mr. Keep it, always <laughs> keeps it short. Decision. So here's what I did with the lists. I gave myself the short ones, and I gave John the longer ones. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this I actually is a shorter list. <laughs> uh, number three, Soul Calibur Six. I haven't played a game in this series since Soul Calibur 2. I was quite pleased when most of the characters were familiar ones, so I didn't feel too lost. I'm immensely proud of the job I did with Polly Armory in the character <laughs> creator. Yeah, I think the whole thing with that one is like it's a remake of the first game story-wise, so they brought all the classic characters back. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Kind of like the Mortal Kombat 9 of Soul Calibur. Anyways, number two, Iconoclasts. Metroidvania with light puzzle elements and treasury boss fights. More or less nails, which you'll see in this one. Cool. And number one, Octopath Traveler. Ooh. The story is whatever you want to make of it. The combat and customization is sublime. I'm just glad that not only something that something like this exists in 2018, but that it can be commercially successful as well. You know what I'm surprised to not find on uh, Poncho's list? Like, dude has literally played nothing but Shin Megami Tensei games all year. Huh. <laughs> but he doesn't like them, apparently. Apparently! They're not <laughs> on the list! Or maybe they're, like, all, like, 85% there, and it's like he played 10 games that are really, really good, and then just three games. Or maybe he just, like, did the 2000 games released in 2018. Uh, he might have just done that. Uh, that makes Yeah, sometimes people do that. I'm interested in seeing how many people mention Octopath since that's kind of one I was eyeballing. I'm interested in seeing how that's how that lasts. Yeah. I will say, not to spoil things, there's a big spread of games this year on the user lists. There's, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of repeats. Yeah, there tends to be a consensus in these lists sometimes where like there's either a clear winner or something gets mentioned a lot like Doom or um Yeah. Shovel Knight, Undertale. Undertale, yeah. And this year did not have that. So I'll be interested in, in, in seeing where the rest of these lists go. So, John, I believe you have a number four. From Jetstorm 4. All right, Tom, here's your list. Hope y'all like JRPGs because, oh, Tom's list is full of JRPGs. Oh, I'm shocked. Well, yeah. This is a this... shocking surprise. Number three, Blue Reflection. Let me preface with this. Blue Reflection is not what you would call a good game. This is the John Thayer mode of <laughs> the, selling yeah. a game. This is John Thayer like, prep work here. 
it's sloppily put together, has no clue what pacing means, and its dungeons are meandering of maybe 14 different rooms that makes the factories of Neptunia seem like completely different areas, <laughs> but is one of the greatest games I have ever played. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a fa- and I've done a fantastic story tied together with the best soundtrack, incredible boss fights, and probably the hardest cry I've ever had for a group of magical girls. Blue Reflection allowed me to live my dream, to be a magical girl and lead an army of schoolgirls into battle against giant eldritch abominations that want to tear down a Japanese high school to become the next god. That is a very specific dream. That's, yeah, (laughs) wow. Number two, Xenoblade 2 and Xenoblade 2, Torna, the Golden Country. Mm. The best of the Xenoblade name and the series finally accepting it's a Grandia sequel instead of a Xenosaga follow-up. While mechanics of obtaining blades is kind of bad, the actual skill and leveling mechanic of the blades were pretty great. The character development and world were incredible. The best of the series. And the turns that both Xenoblade 2 and Torna took were both incredible to experience and heart-wrenching. This might be my favorite game from Monolith Soft. Soft. And I'd put it right next to Baton Kato's 2, if not above. Wow. Also, Nia's best girl. Wrong, but we'll continue. Oh, get out of here with your dumb who's, who's, the, who's the blue girl? Boob Obviously, bimbo. <laughs> Red only likes boobs and red hair. That's it. Look, red hair is very good. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> that red hair is good. I'm just saying that Nia is way better. Probably. Alright, number one. <laughs> Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Woo! This is it. This is it. The greatest JRPG from Square Enix. Oh, wow. A game that keeps on giving at every moment, but for all the right reasons. With its incredible cast, story, and setting, it makes the most vibrant world Dragon Quest has ever had and makes it one of my new favorite RPGs of all time. Oh, and fuck Koichi Sugiyama. Yeah. <laughs> That's deserved. That yeah, is the music re- issue with that game. Is yeah, immense. that really fucking yeah. bums me out. I replayed 1 to 3 last year and completely adored them, played 3 for the first time, and then replayed 4 this year and loved it. I think this is just one of my favorite series. I'm excited to play all of these. I am all in for Dragon Quest Eleven. I, I cannot wait to, yeah. to finally dig into that. It's going to be a fun time. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rhett! Hey! You got a number 8 for us? Okay, so, my number 8. So, you, got, you guys know that I bought a little device this year. <laughs> Uh-oh! <laughs> <laughs> called the playstation vr yeah and this is a game i had a couple hours of really good time with my number eight is super hot vr okay all right this game is i knew the other thing had to be higher on the list (laughs) i knew you had way more than a couple hours with that other thing (laughs) (laughs) okay so super hot vr is fucking mind-blowing when you first play it because you're just in this world and like the way, you know, it tr- it simulates tracking your body in a really clever way. So like it gets you to move and dodge out of the way of bullets and attack and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it feels like a vision of the future. And in a way I haven't experienced in, you know, anything since. And the reason it's not higher on the list is because this game just doesn't quite feel content complete really like it kind of feels like a beta or a prototype yeah like there's stuff from super hot that's not in this one which is crazy because this was made afterwards yeah like basically this is number eight because where the fuck are katanas 
Oh my god! Like, like oh. how there's do you no not katanas wield, in this game. Not wielding a katana in VR is actually a fucking crime. Yeah. Yep. Like there are other VR games that have made that the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> practically. Like, that's yeah. But like when this game hits, it hits so incredibly hard. It's just there's not a whole lot of it there, and I. I started a third replay a couple days ago just to kind of go back to it, and I was just like, yeah, but I, I did these levels like a bunch already. Mm. The kind of, the shine had worn off, but it's like, like you just lose yourself in VR so quickly, though, when you're just like, I'm, I'm trying to, not to make this entry just about, wow, VR is awesome, and make it more specifically about this game, but like... But it, I mean, I still think that the, the argument, like, I don't think that that's an invalid argument that like, mm-hmm. oh, VR is fucking awesome, because that is a cool thing to bring into VR. Yeah. And the whole time, like, the time slowing when you move thing, like, is such a good translation into VR, because what they do in this one is that the time scaling isn't, like on or off Mm -hmm. like the faster you physically move the faster time will go yeah so like if you duck down really quickly versus slowly ducking your body down like time will still go slower when you're doing that so it gets you to make like real kind of matrix contortions and stuff real measured decisions and how you move yourself you don't want to just like jerk out of the way because then you'll just immediately get shot but like you can you can nap like when enemies shoot you at you with shotguns in this game. Like you'll see like all the individual pellets. Oh, that's fucking scary! And shit. you can do shit like you can weave around them or you hold up your gun to kind of knock them all out of the air. That's so cool! And the fact that there's no fucking katanas though. It's uh, yeah, that's like how you do not have a katana. I don't know how they that do that. Game. Like, and the controls for throwing things is kind of bad, which is unfortunate. But like. Yeah. After playing this game for, like, a couple playthroughs and, like, getting good enough with the aiming on the regular guns to where I can just feel, like, this shot will hit when I shoot it. And, like, Mm -hmm. the way you have to line up your shots kind of to lead the enemies because when the bullet gets there a second later, the enemy will have moved and stuff. Yeah. And I talked about this already, but there's one level where you start with a frying pan and can use that as a shield. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool, like, because you start with, like, enemies all around you, but you hold this frying pan up to just put it in one guy's face so he can't shoot you. That's so good. And, like, levels where there's enemies on both your sides, but you can just hold your arms out and shoot them both at the same time without looking. Like, there's an achievement for shooting an enemy without looking. That's... It's such cool stuff. There's all this smart shit in there, and then it's just like, but how not... How do you have no katanas? (laughs) I don't want to make it all about that, but for real. (laughs) And, like, one of the other things, like, in the first game, wasn't there, like, that ability to jump between bodies? Yeah. And for some reason, that's not in this one. I wonder if they thought that might be real disorienting with how quickly it switches to perspective. I mean, compared to, like, every other VR game, how quickly they switch perspective or even just do full locomotion, like, I don't think it would have been a problem. It just could be that this game was developed on a very small budget and they couldn't really implement everything, too, so... I think it's that and the fact that I'm, I'm sorry, there's a fire truck outside right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, it's it's good. It's good ambiance. Yeah. <laughs> it's Santa Claus, literally. It's, yeah, it's Santa Claus going home. <laughs> I think... So the thing about this game is that you do kind of feel the limitations, because I played the PlayStation VR version, mm-hmm. and like there's things like when you lift your arms up to shoot an enemy above you, if your arm starts blocking the headset tracking... Like, it'll get a bit swimmy because it's like, oh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Like, 
So this game feels like, especially the PSVR version, feels like it's kind of bumping up against the technology a bit. Mm. So I think that's why you can't teleport into enemies because there's a survival mode in this. And then what you realize is that all the enemies always have to be in front of you roughly 180 degrees because you can't turn around because then it would not be able to see the move controllers. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So like, so it's really good and like it does a good job with the technology it has, but like it's a glimpse into the future that's not 100% there right now. Mm. Which is why I wouldn't put it higher on the list. Yeah, that, But that man, like, it's got some really cool moments. Sometimes all you need are just those cool moments to, to, to yeah. get you through, really. Yeah. So, John, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Witch Spring 3. Mm. It is a it is a Korean phone RPG that I tweet about a lot. That I do tweet about a lot. It's what inspired me to try out Atelier in the first place because it borrows a lot of mechanics from those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are better. Um, oh. I, I actually played the first Witch Spring um, the last couple weeks and liked it a good bit. So these games are cool. I'm ready to play two. And then four is coming out next year. <laughs> so it is... Very janky, bit ugly, <laughs> extremely easy to break. Um, just the, the the first Witch Spring has a timer, so the and it's pretty well balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one just doesn't have the timer, so you can just do the crafting until you've broken everything, and it only takes like a couple hours, and then you can steamroll the rest of the game. <laughs> um, but so put all that aside and the pretty janky translation, it has so much heart in the story it goes really really hard in the feelings and actually has some really sharp right character writing and it completely landed for me in a really cool way and i liked it a whole lot it's just very it is about um a witch named erudy erudy it's been a bit so i thought mm. i remembered that who lives alone in the forest and has always been alone and makes dolls and then tr- is tr- wanting to make a doll that can talk so that she can have a friend. And we start off the game when she just makes a doll that can only say like one word. So she calls, calls him failure, failure. Cause he's a failure. <laughs> oh my God. And takes him around. And then, um, she's a witch. So she's detested by the greater populace. So she doesn't go out into the towns or villages cause she's worried. And then, a boy comes into the forest and they meet and then oh lots of very <laughs> nice stuff happens so it's it's very good and special and i like it a lot and it made me cry a whole bunch <laughs> uh, it's it like does. every game on my list coming up <laughs> yeah and guess what it's a phone rpg it costs four dollars and that's it man <laughs> imagine that else. imagine paying for a game and then not having to keep just, paying for it just pay for it and then <laughs> what a fucking weird concept for a 10 hour game. game and then it's done oh it's 10 hours it's pretty good yeah cool. it's beefy and there's there's an evil path too where you can just say fuck it to the humans and <laughs> just go like full dark witch and apparently it's really rad that would be um, my first choice yeah because the humans can be can be dicks so under for now for phones basically um so i i did the light path um, and it made me feel a lot of things. I'll probably go back once after I finish two. I might replay it and get the do the dark route. Um, it's really good. It's better than Atelier, 
And then, <laughs> sorry. God. Which spring one Which is, is going to be really weird when Atelier actually ends up higher on your list. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, man. No, I've actually been playing Tutorial the last couple weeks. I just kept a lid on it on Twitter. Oh, like, shit. Unfortunately, uh... <laughs> we know so, that's not true. No. So, yeah. It's much better than fucking Dragalia Lost also. <laughs> God. You were really into that, though. <clears throat> I was. I was so here for it. And it just betrayed me. It, ugh. Fucking Give me more money. Bone. Fucking gamble boxes. Yeah, gamble boxes. I just got there's no, no time. way. There's absolutely no way I'm playing Sino Alice and Fate Grand Order next year. Absolutely not going to happen. But, Even if it's Yoko Taro or Fate, not happening. Okay, Definitely it's, it's totally play. happening then. But Fate Definitely Grand Order has very cute girls, John. They're playing, yeah, and then they're playing, releasing the next Yoko Taro game, and it's a phone gamble box. Yeah, that bugs oh, me. Out. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. That's how they reward it, him for Nier Automata. Yep. I think it has the Nier Automata composer. The music's really <gasps> good. I listened through the whole soundtrack. Oh, oh you're breaking my week. heart right now. I honestly didn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of <laughs> chose to ignore it because it's just like, no, this ain't it, Chief. Yeah. Well, I mean, now that now that I come off Dragalia Lost, I know that I can quit. It's not gonna. I I played it for like three weeks and then was like all right i've had my fill bye yeah so i feel like i can do the same thing with fate and sino alice and have a fun okay time uh though Blech. anyway witch spring 3 is really good yeah play rpg play <laughs> single player rpgs that you pay once for on your phone because that's they deserve all this help we can get it's, it's a it's a sad it's sad that that's a fucking novelty it's a miracle <laughs> And that it's good has good writing, like on top of all that. Mm. Which spring Fair three? Shit. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. Holy shit! I, Literally I the most miraculous of... game on this list. <laughs> I have a bunch of screenshots on my phone of the whole ending, and I just look. I've looked at them like two or three times, and then just cried again. <laughs> it's very good. Oh, <laughs> uh, love story of the year. Also, all right, Rhett. I believe you have another user list. I believe Polly has her number eight. Yeah, wow. Oh, Just trying to wow. wipe me out of my own podcast. Good job, Goddamn. John. Nailed it. Way to pay attention to the uh, structure of a podcast, John Pye. I was <laughs> staring at the list, too. That's funny. I just... Wow. So you're Damn. saying you did it on purpose. So you're saying That's very specifically cold. that... Wow, you just ice cold. Okay. Right, whatever, you. Whatever you, I knew that whatever you put for number eight, I would just like hate. And oh, I'm just right, gonna, right, right. So you're going to say it, I'm going to be like, ugh. Yeah, get ready. I'm going to make John right, what's fire. your number eight, I'm going to make John Fire throw up with my number eight. My number eight is The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 1. Ugh. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't think that really plays now. Just empty the contents of your stomach all over the keyboard. So I say one and two, or just one? One. All right, cool. So, um... It's a, just a real good introduction to this new world that you're put in, and they give you all of this time to set up these characters, get you familiar, because you're dealing with a much bigger cast of characters than you are um, with the Trails in the Sky games, uh, initially. Uh, because you start out and you're like in a class of like 15 people, and you're going to be using and in stories with all 15 of these characters throughout the course of this game, so you've got, like, they've got a relatively small amount of time to kind of get you familiar with this cast of characters, and you think that, like, 
having to flesh out this many characters would just, they'd either be stretching themselves thin or it would just be rushed and they don't. They take as much time as they need to let stories unfold to kind of get you into these characters and the unique situation that they're in and having to deal with the class system that that governs all of Erebonia because it's very like nobility commoner kind of setup and like this is like the first class of its kind that has both nobles and commoners and then you've got your main character who kind of like straddles the line between both of those and like the way that all of this kind of shit it's just a, it's a great setup you get to the end and then it's just like the last 2 hours of that game goes full fucking double barrel and it's insane and it, it, it's insane in the same way that the first Trails in the Sky is when it's kind of revving up to its final big moments. Uh, it doesn't leave you on the same kind of note uh, that Trails in the Sky 1 does, which is probably <laughs> a good thing. Because that first that ending note of that first game is just like, are you for real? But it's just like, it's a great mood setter. Uh, a lot of people kind of consider this game the nothing happens game. And I think that they do that because they don't have the experience with this company and how they approach writing and how their stories are, even though they're very fantastical, they're still grounded in like a believable reality so that like the big things that are going to be coming out over the course of the game, most of the time, they're not like, you know, pulled out of my ass anime tropes here. It's just big things are happening, but we're saving those big things until when it's way more appropriate to bring them to the stage. Like Just like the Trails in the Sky games, it's very smart about how it pulls the main characters toward the bigger conflict that is happening in the country. And how everybody has to react to that because it's something that affects both nobles and uh, the commoners and since you're a class it has to deal with that tension and you have a country that's kind of like starting to tear itself apart over this there's a lot of real good character drama built into all of that and it's just it, it remained very intriguing to me um, to get to know the characters and wasn't boring like everybody had fucking told me it would be that was like the thing going out. Everybody's just like, yeah, it's basically just filler. Oh, like, God. Really? Because this is like, like, I, I'm get, I'm having a real, like, there's only one point in time in that game where I felt like, oh, God, this is bad. Mm. And it's just like the first hour of the game has some real just anime tropey stuff that I was just like rolling my eyes out of my head with. Does mm. the guy fall on a girl? He falls on a girl, his oh, face Jesus. gets stuck in her boobs, and she stays mad at him for a month about it. <laughs> oh, boy. I was joking. I didn't think they No, that is that. literally what happens, is that a trap door gets pulled, he tries to stop her from falling, accidentally falls on top of her face and her boobs, she smacks him. Ha ha. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it is the most un-Falcom thing I could have seen happening and it was just like boy that's a bad first impression trails of cold steel don't do this to me that's wild but then oh, it, is that, are we playing valkyria chronicles 2 now oh god <laughs> this is a military academy so it is a similar kind of setup but uh yeah trails of cold steel 1 is a real good setup for the things that that, that are to come in that series uh-oh <laughs> probably spoiled some mm. of my list mm. here <laughs> 
Hmm. I think um, I think a lot of people jumped in right with Cold Steel and yeah. not, had not played Sky, so I think that might be that a is lot of hard to do. Like Cold Steel and didn't have the if you anybody have, that's played yeah, Sky trust. one and two gets it. I think yeah, if you don't have that Sky experience, like there's a lot of shit in this game that gets referenced from that game, and it's even more so like there are two games between. Um, Trails in the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel that we haven't had translated yet other than fan translations that get referenced heavily in this game. And, like, if you don't at least have passing knowledge of those games, a lot of the shit that is in this first game is going to go over your head. So people keep telling me, you don't need to have played Sky to play Cold Steel. And, like, you're out of your fucking mind. One of the main (laughs) antagonists is literally a character from that series. Oh, well, yeah, then. It's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> People make me mad. Like, when I have the right <laughs> opinions and thoughts about video games, and they don't, but they keep oh insisting boy. they do. Basically. Is that also I think I remember, foreshadowing? No. I can't remember. I think I remember hearing there are going to be 60% through Trails after, at the end of Trails of Cold Steel. Like, uh, there's this Yeah, it's like 60 to 70% mind. done with this story and this world. What? Wait, yeah. it's, it's already. Everett. It's already like what? it's nine games, three, nine games two, already. Nine? Four. Oh yeah, nine. Holy shit! We think that yeah, there is like is we think that there are at least three chapters left. Uh, I think that there's like a, there's one other major area they haven't covered, and one major entity that I don't think has been completely explored. So it, it's sounding so like, like a, there's two more, two more smaller series in the works. But they're oh, they're stepping away from trails for the moment over the next year or two because they want to focus on getting East Nine out and things like that. So, but yeah, trails of the I, I, I just good. want to imagine a day in like ten years, maybe longer, when there's like a complete edition that would be <laughs> on fantastic. the PlayStation Six. I will and the first buy game that. It still looks like still looks trails like sky, yeah, like the PSP game. Yes. I believe it. I think they have the the chops to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, like my only real cool. my only real criticism of Trails of Cold Steel is I think that the sprites are cuter from the from the Sky games. That's it. I think Basically. for newcomers coming in, aka me, uh, Cold Steel looks a lot more visually appealing. Oh, I understand that. But I understand like that. I I don't know why people start with this one because it's just Trails is a hard sell. In it is like. Like, Trails in the Sky was a hard sell for me from the start, because you look at that game in images, and it is very unassuming. And, like, the name, Trails in the Sky, it doesn't really call out to you. And you I see, remember like, there was a thread about bad game names, and somebody totally ironically says, that's the most generic name since, I don't know, Legend, Legend of Heroes. Legend of Heroes. <laughs> and a bunch of people go, that's an actual game. That's He's an like, actual oh, really? series, Yeah. <laughs> And it's actually really good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's so unassuming that the name actually sells it short. Legend of Heroes. This is like some yeah. shit like 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 PID. You can't actually Google it. Because oh, PID is like a 10,000 other things. Not that I've been looking, but I also know there's the anime named Free. Yeah. So <laughs> if you look for free anime, good like, luck. Well, good luck. <laughs> they did that on purpose. You can't pirate it if you can't find it. Anime. 
There we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell the cold still one. That's my number eight. Good choice. Right. Oh yes, I believe John said that I had a user list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that number eight was really inessential, so I kind of feel like we could have yeah. just skipped over it. Yeah, but that was like at least seven minutes completely wasted of dead air. <laughs> Basically. I'm just going to like put a big old blank space there where I was talking about the game the whole time. Just silence I mean, it. Yeah, nothing happens just like in that game. Yeah. Just, yeah. just like it. Okay, this user list comes in from Dalton Shade. What up? Number one. I'm just going to read these in the order they're written. Okay. Number one, Spider-Man. It feels good, it looks beautiful, and has an amazing story. This is the true successor to the Spider-Man 2 movie game, and it was a blast to play through. Mm. I, I'm i very interested in playing yeah, that next I'm, year. Yeah, I'm getting into this next year for sure. Cool. Number two, Mega Man Zero series. Yeah, I'm cheating a bit on this one, but they're all in the collection, so whatever. Yeah. Tight platforming, good level design, god-tier music. This game series went from great, was great from the start to finish. Number what three, was that series? Uh, the Magman Zero series. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, j- I, one of <laughs> one of your favorites. I know. I just, yeah, there's that collection on 3ds, I think. Yep. Cool. I think it's just Number, DS. I think it's just normal yeah. DS. Really? Was mm-hmm. it that long? Oh god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, number three, Mega Man Eleven. Looking back at the year, I didn't realize I mostly played just Mega Man games and fourteen. I assume they wrote. Final Fantasy fourteen. I know who this is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you finish. <laughs> Anyways, Mega Man 11 was a fun ride. So so much so, I ended up playing it through four times. A true return to form for the Blue Bomber. And dishonorable mention, Mighty Number no. 9. A, a big fat scam that looks and plays like a cheaply made licensed title on the PS2. I have nothing but hate for it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Dalton Duck. That is our duck friend on Twitter. Good old Dalton Duck. That's what I'm going to call you from now on, Dalton Duck. Okay. Um, I have a list. Cool. It's from Zellaz. I know that guy. I saw him in a chat earlier today. I know. Number three, Operation C. I feel obligated to include this one, having finally broken into speedrunning with this one earlier this year. Also, it's a damn fine Contra game. Copies liberally from the NES games, but the experience is short, fun, and guaranteed not to wreck your mashing fingers as severely as its predecessors. I love this game. Game is real good. It's got auto fire. And it's got auto fire. And it's got auto fire. I got into speedrunning with Mario Land. Game Boy games, huh? Yeah, those Feels best. Good. They're basically the best. Uh, number two, Mario Kart 8 DX. My God, it is hard not to like this game. It is a candy-coated sensory experience, and it feels really good to play. Um, yeah, I can vibe with that. The, the F-Zero stages especially are really cool. Um, number one, Pokemon Alpha Sapphire. I wasn't the biggest fan of Generation 3 when I played through Emerald, but Alpha Sapphire was such an enjoyable experience and one of the best remakes I've played in recent memory. After being disappointed by the remakes of Final Fantasy Adventure and Saga 2, it was nice seeing this game expanded in ways that seem more complimentary than compulsory. Cool, I can vibe with that. Delta episode is real rad. It's a solid list. Yeah. Mm, one thumb up. I would, I would, yeah, yep, there's, there's one exception I have to that list, but that's just because, well, you know. Polly hates Contra. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I know, 
Pokemon and Contron is on the same list. Wow. What a weird... Yeah, what a weird... Yeah, that's a weird dynamic there. I get it. I don't know. That Delta episode, it goes to space at the end. So that's basically Contra. Wait. <laughs> I guess Contra doesn't really go to space. Contra goes going... to space in spirit. Contra goes to space. It's been to space. It's got aliens. Yeah. They come to you. You go to space mm. in Neo Contra. So, yeah. Oh, boy. We don't talk about it. You go to space in Hardcore. Yeah, you do. Yep, yep. Depending on the choices you make. Mm. There you go. But really, Metal Slug's better, though. Oh, really fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm done. Alright, Rhett, what's your number seven? Okay, so this is where things are going to get a bit controversial. Oh, shit! I know, I know Polly loves this game. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. I think Uh-oh. I'm going to say multiple times coming up. <laughs> Uh, my number seven is Next Machina. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you really had a good time with this one, right? I really, 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 really like this game. It's just a top-down shmup. It's about 40 minutes long, so you can replay it a bunch. And it's just... The the soundtrack is incredible. The game feel is incredible. It just... It's very good. <laughs> like it's a, It's a very extremely good pure action arcade game. From, you know, the developers of Rezogun and uh, Super Stardust HD, which mm. I was not actually huge fans of. This is the one that finally clicked for me. Mm. And I think <laughs> Polly's just keeping her I mouth just, shut. I, I mean, look, I don't think it's terrible. It's just I didn't like what I played. Mm. It didn't It didn't have the impact that I wanted it to have. Yeah. Like, it didn't have the game feel that I like in those kinds of games. So That's too bad. Just, I just didn't like it. I think the first three stages for me are kind of whatever. It does the Toho thing where once you get to stage four, then it's like, okay, we're playing for real now. Yeah. Like stage four, five, and six are just fucking incredible. And then this game probably has one of my favorite moments of the year where... So on the easiest difficulty, you don't get to go to stage six. So I played on normal, and you get to do stage six in that one, and I beat it on a one credit clear, and I was super excited. And I went on Twitter instantly and tweeted hell yeah i got a one credit clear and then i looked back at the screen and the main character is charging up jumps into outer space and there's a secret boss that you only get on a one on a one credit clear who then fucking destroys me you get a moment like that like i remember in crimson clover world edition yeah. too it's like oh and the way the music swells in this boss which is just a giant robotic head head which is like like i think the box boss is actually called next machina mm. and it has this like robotic female voice that demeans you the whole time that's awesome <laughs> it's very good <laughs> you are nothing <laughs> I, yeah, I love shit like that and it's a and it's it's like kind of a smack like i guess you'd compare it to like smash tv or something where it's just a fucking completely unfair boss mm. and like my goal for the year was to get good enough to beat it and i just kind of <laughs> <laughs> Because you yeah. have to play through the whole game again. Yeah. And I looked up a video and it was just like, oh man, what? But I gave her like a good three or four shots and was just like, okay, I'll let you win. You you, you <laughs> Which, won this one, computer Yeah, because you, you get the credits anyways. Like it, it's, kinda, it's like if you had to play Imperishable Night all over again to do the either of those endgame things. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like the death shocking. It sounds like shocking. Oh, I think, I think it has one of those. 
where you get one shot at the end game boss and then oh, uh, credits. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little unfair, but in this one it totally worked for me just because it's almost seems like it's an, an intentional you're going to lose. Because you get a very good game and then this weird robot demeaning you. <laughs> and the soundtrack in that game is extremely good. Oh yeah, the soundtrack's great. Yeah, that was like, I was like, oh, move over, Hotline Miami. This is my new techno jam. The, the soundtrack and, like, the visual style of that game is yeah. incredible and overpowering. Mm -hmm. I just, I wish I actually yeah. liked the game. Aw. I really like how the dodge feels, and like, dodging through giant lasers. Mm -hmm. And, like, they, like, stages four and five, like, have lasers fucking everywhere. So and you, just, you have to get real good at that dodge, and then... Towards the end, they introduce lasers that you can't dodge through. Oh, even better. Yeah. So it gets really hard and good. It's well, it's so weird. This was the year of me and Polly not agreeing on game feel. Yeah. So that's my number seven is Next Machina. John! You've got Speaking a lucky seven. Games. Speaking of games with good-ass soundtracks. <laughs> Just fucking jamming. Uh, my number seven is Soul Blazer. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that's fucking a jam. Man. That's a jam. <laughs> this game's a fucking jam, man. This whole game's a jam. Yep. It kicks ass. I love Soul Blazer. Um, yep. It's just running around, running through dungeons, saving people's souls, <laughs> leveling up. Collecting items, having a good time. It is so cute and quaint. Yep. I got to watch uh, After Five yeah. enjoy this game for the first time this year. I have somebody Hell from him yeah. who who that game is probably like one generation out from his age group and got like I got to see him play through it and he like came like he came from it with that same experience of like this is a very cute, concise, and finished thing. And by yeah. that nature he felt that the sequels are just kind of like they try to do too much. Yeah, I did not like Illusion of Gaia. Yeah. Just straight up. This game, though, fucking right as hell. Yep. It's, has good, it has really good writing, a really good localization, too. Just all the incidental dialogue is so on point. Yeah. Um, you tomb raid a dead dog at one point and then become his friend, ghost's friend, and it's yeah. nice. Yeah. There's a bunch of like good, morbid shit. It's a very fucking then, weird like, game at points. Yup. It's good as hell. Yeah. I just really like it it feels good um the weird quirk quirky like circle mat think magic thing orbiting you that yeah. you time to fire the magic's cute um everything about it is just nice and then it wraps up in a good way i i played it and it felt and it felt like fair rune it felt like fair rune one and two to me mm -hmm. um just like those skip more games where they just feel finished and good and they make me feel warm <laughs> and fuzzy and i just I really love to be able to make something like that. It, it's really, it feels so effortless. Like they just make it look easy. Yeah, to like make it's something so. It's confident, but it's not like strutting its balls around town or anything. Yeah. It's just, it's just very like, look, here is this very competent thing we put out, and you're going to enjoy it. And you're right. Yeah, we did. I think there's a reason. Like that's it's was not the one like, oh, what's the best one? Illusion of Gaia or Terra Enigma? Who who knows? What's the best quintet thing? And it's like, it's obviously Soul Blazer doesn't, isn't trying to impress you. So people aren't, don't see it as like, yeah. 
the impressive one because of that, even though it's just kind of perfect. Yeah, like the things so. that are impressive about Illusion of Gaia and Terra Enigma, they're impressive, but I, yeah. I just still think that Soul Blazer has that like distilled quality to it where it's the bare essentials and just a, a, a complete confidence in itself that like it feels like maybe the other games are trying to hide maybe a little bit of a lack of confidence. Yeah. And the the interplay between the saving people's souls and the dungeons and how that changes the structure of the dungeons yeah. in cool ways. Um, that's just not there in Illusion of Gaia, and that's just so much of what makes those dungeons interesting. Mm. So, yeah, I love Soul Blazer. Yep. Just, it just makes me happy. Yep. Polly. Yo! Do you have a number seven? I got a number seven! And a number seven, it kind of, kind of kind of has that same kind of feel to it. Very simplistic, kind of knows what it is, has a lot of confidence in doing it, and executes very well on a tried-and-true concept. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Mm. Cool. Just a real, choice. real fucking meaty platformer. Just it, it's very smart. Um, like it's it, it's hard to say much more about it. Really, just yeah. Like we've takes, talked about this a lot. It takes that formula and it does that thing very fucking well. Like it's very much like Shovel Knight in that it's competent. It's very confident, yeah. and the things that it sets out to do, it just fucking knocks it out of the goddamn park. Yeah. But on yeah. this one, like Shovel Knight was kind of trying to do its own thing. This one was so adhering to its yeah. roots. Really. Yeah, this is like this like, is like we I'm made be, a new Castlevania. Yeah, we made a new Castlevania, but we kind of fixed some of the things that people don't really like about those games. Yeah. But not in a dumb way. Yeah, yeah, not in a dumb way, or not in a way that mm-hmm. feels insulting, like A Two M R is. Yeah, yeah, it's very I like smart. More than, like, I like this more than Castlevania Three. <laughs> And I think that's totally valid. Like, I think that's totally valid. Like, both games are about the same length, and they follow a very similar structure. But some of the design decisions in Castlevania 3 can be quite maddening as well. Yep. Also, that instant switch between characters. Yeah, right? For me, like, having not played the original Castlevania games, basically, since they were new, this was like, it's the series as you remember it, not maybe as it actually was. Yeah. But like, so for me, like the little tweaks and changes, like obviously it's not as hard as those games were, but like it's like, oh yeah, this is exactly as I remember it, even though it might not exactly be. Yeah, like if you were to play old Castlevania games, you would see that this game is actually really smart in how that yeah. how it maintains its identity as something mm-hmm. that wants to be a Castlevania game, but it also brings it forward and modernizes it in ways that are smart. Like you walk up the st- the stairs faster. That's what I noticed. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one really smart thing. That was so shitty in the old ones. How slow you were on stairs. Want to pad out gameplay? That's how you do it. Or just be <laughs> evil. Like, okay, you're on the stairs now, and there's Medusa heads, and you're fucked. Yeah, that ha- that's like <laughs> one of the bigger obstacle themes in old Castlevania games. Is you're on stairs. Here come the sine wave yeah. patterns. <laughs> God, that le- that first level eight with the bats. Oh, it's so good, Woo! man! Getting chased through and just having the to- the entire level just getting decimated the whole fucking time. It's I know so when good. I played through that, I was shocked. I was like, I did not expect this level of intensity from this eight bit looking game. Yeah, it's so well, good. Yup. And then the nightmare mode ending is oh, amazing. Man. That yeah. looks cool too. 
That's real yeah. good shit. And then that retries that ridiculous anime final boss that just is so fast. Yeah. It's so fast. Yeah. I love it though. It's so good. Like, the, like this is probably going to be better than the actual Bloodstained game. That's the sad part. Oh, there's no just probably like the about weird, it. What do you think about the weird news now that Way Forward's on that project? Like, it just seems weird to bring in an entirely different development studio into a game that already is being developed. Like, this late in the game. It feels yeah, it's so late. real sketchy. Weird. It's like, what happened in the last two years? <laughs> or however long it's been. Like, something has... Like, it just... It, it, can uh, only, it can only reek of a bad omen to me. Like, it just doesn't... Like, it's mm-hmm. not something yeah. that happens. Yeah. So I'm sort of like that hive swap thing. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> I hope, maybe, that the new Bloodstained game is good. Because I feel like, you know, I could probably play one of those. And, and not be too offended by it. But yeah. oh boy, it's been like long the, enough. The demo didn't impress me, and having mm. hearing that they had to bring in way forward to help them finish it out says well, it sends mixed messages. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But at least we got Curse of the Moon out of it, which was done by I think Inti Creates. Yep. And they are just they are solid. Good. They're it's solid at fucking everything they do. So I wonder yeah. if they'll make a second one. If that would this be does great. Well. That's funny. I could see him because I know a lot of people really fucking love this first game. Yeah, so for sure. Do another one. I'm all for it. Yeah, Bloodstained, yeah. Curse of the Moon. I probably like this more than Shovel Knight. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, I don't think. I, I, think, <laughs> I think Shovel Knight's got so many more moments to it for me yeah. that kind of just, cool. like, it, like, not in terms of, like, either one being the bad game it's just i don't know i think shovel knight's got moments yeah. that really i think it's just like that it's half as long mm. yeah you're on you're well, on an every game needs to be you're on an every game needs to be 10 minutes long thing <laughs> yeah. now. i just play contra yeah of course <laughs> obviously that's obviously castlevania one is better than three and bloodstained and if it takes you sure longer it's... than 10 minutes to be contra what are you doing yeah exactly Honestly. come on the world record just got broke again Fucking nine... That game is optimized as Super Mario Brothers. Not yet, because he had one moment of lag. There oh, was like there, there was like a five frame window where he had uh, <laughs> in, in the hangar where some extra dude spawned and he got lagged That's a bit. Crazy, Ugh. but like the fact that it's close is crazy because of all the button mashing and contra. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be as optimized as it is. We think <laughs> nine forty eight might be the ceiling for that game. Christ. <laughs> Woo! Oh, that's funny. If anyone's going to hit it, Lanx is going to be the one to do it. Anyway, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, that is my number seven. Rat, let's have some user lists. Okay, this one comes in from Colin. Yo, what up, Colin? How's who it going? I used to know by a different name. Yeah. And I was confused when I got this because I'm like, Polly, is that who yeah, I like, think it is? Who is this? <laughs> okay, number three, Final Fantasy VII. hey there's a weird one (laughs) there I finally finished it (laughs) that's the main requirement for becoming part of Pat's Cool Club right for what it's worth I feel like it still holds up as a seminal all encompassing JRPG that catapulted the genre into the 32 bit generation even if some of the difficulty spikes requiring grinding for game breaking items parentheses nice of the round yeah I don't think you have to grind for Knights of the Round, but Knights no. of the Round just one-shots the final boss. Yeah. So. Yes. I, I, I ignored all that stuff. 
like, yeah. Bad. Yeah, that is not a thing that you need to finish that game. It's like, do you want a final boss or you just want the win button? Yeah. <laughs> Number two, Cosmic Star Heroin. Oh, Zaboid's love letter. Zaboid's love letter to classic JR, to classic RPGs, takes more than a little influence from Chrono Trigger, Fantasy Star, and PC RPGs, while leaning into the unorthodox systems and irreverent humor that I enjoyed from Penny Arcade Adventures on the Rainslick Precipice of Darkness Three. It's a bit rough around the edges, and some of the battles can drag on if your party loadout isn't up to snuff. But part of its appeal lies in its unpolished DOS game, DOS game cum SNES port aesthetic and charming characters that make for a comfy experience that I didn't know I was missing when I finally decided to tackle it this fall. Nice. So I made I ordered these user lists before I knew what your guys' lists were. Right. So, so this just happened. Number one, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the best Castlevania game since Odalis the Dark Call. Mm-hmm. It, it's odd that we're at a point where this genre now gets more notoriety for not being a sprawling, non-linear map. But that just highlights how difficult it is to get a straightforward action platformer right, and why the best classic examples of that genre still stand out. Curse almost makes me interested in Requiem for Midnight or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, see, like, I, like I'm almost there, but <laughs> yeah, it's funny how everyone's like, "Oh my god, they made an old style Castlevania," because there's so many of the new ones now. Yeah, yeah, or the you know exploration ones. John. You got me I have a list. list Freezing Inferno. Do you want to hear the list? I, I guess so. We can, I okay. guess. I thought we put a ban on him. <laughs> oh list. my god, I didn't do this on purpose. Oh. Number three, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. <laughs> I am, if nothing else, a sucker for those pixel retro homage games. Bloodstained was a complete surprise in this regard, as it uses the 30 years since the release of the 8 bit Castlevania games to refine things down and make a streamlined new 8 bit Castlevania without the bullshit. A short but very replayable action platforming adventure that I can see myself coming back to once in once in a while. Cool. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. All right. Two number two, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Mm. I played a little Monster Hunter in the past on the 3DS, but the Switch release here is where it's at. It's included on this list mostly because I just had so much fun playing it with friends online. A good experience with pals goes a long way, and getting to hang out with friends and beat up dragons and stuff makes this a memorable silver medal game. Here's a good-ass number one. <clears throat> the Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky first chapter. Yeah! Well, damn. <laughs> For years, people have been telling me to get into this stuff, so I did. I'm glad I did, because this was a real winner. It just breezes by once you get through the opening bits with lots of great little twists and turns and challenges. Mechanically compelling and emotionally investing and heartbreaking at times. This is an easy, gaudy pick. And just think, I still have like six more of these to go. Damn, what a game. Amen. Yep. For reference, Fuck gaudy yeah. is game of the year. G-O-T-Y. I said, yeah. he spelled G-O-T-Y, and I was just like, gaudy. Gaudy. I like it, though. I like it. I say we stick so, to that. Gotti. Someone sent their list in and they wrote G-O-A-T-E-E. Gotti. Gotti. And I was just like, who's this guy named Gotti? And then I realized. Oh, was. That was Colin, wasn't it? No, it was Laz. Oh, okay, it sounded like something Colin would do. That's funny. Colin or Poncho, because they're the ones that like to misspell your jokes. When you make a joke, they'll yeah. misspell your joke. <laughs> cool. Cool. Hey, Rhett, I think you probably have a number six for us. Oh, oh shit, your last entry I, for the day. You better make it okay. count. Okay. 
So this is a game that I bought on uh, recommendation. Uh-huh. Not from anyone particular that I know, just like the general internet vibe of like, hey, this game is actually super good. And I never kind of imagined it with Claude's way up to number six on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number six is Prey. Oh, wow. The one that came oh. out last year. Oh, wow. All right. So this is just a really, really good game. It's a... Uh, it's one of those, oh, what do you call it, immersive sims, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of in this, like, like similar to, like, Deus Ex, or uh, what's the other one? Like, I think Thief is considered one. Like, the genre kind of gets called by, like, 0451, because that's usually the first password that yeah. they always use. Yeah. And I miss that reference in this game, because oh. this is the type of game it is. Oh, wow, they, yeah, it's really sticking it to that uh, formula then. <laughs> yeah, it, that's the first password. But I missed it because they give you this thing like a glue gun. Mm-hmm. So you shoot it at walls and it makes a little thing and you can jump up on that. And it has a, like a little climb animation. So it's like not super janky. Mm-hmm. So I saw this office on the third floor and it, that had a glass window. And I was like, I'm going to go up there. So I <laughs> just glue gunned up the wall, smashed open the window and jumped in. <laughs> and then late, and then later I found out, oh, wait. If you just walk up the stairs, there's the password is right there, and it's 0451. But I did it my own way, and I missed like a little side thing to get the password. So this is a game where you're on this you're on the space station, and aliens have invaded, and you've got to save the day basically. Mm. And it just it creates an incredibly good sense of space of kind of place because you're allowed to free walk outside of the space station and just kind of drift around so you can see the whole thing from the outside it's just fucking massive yeah like all the areas are interconnected in clever ways and like there's a big central elevator and stuff so it basically rips off hunters relic of stars no not that (laughs) (laughs) and you know you've got your skill trees and stuff like oh do you want to invest in strength so you can pick up filing cabinets or so that you, like stuff will be blocked. You know, it's very Deus Ex in that way. Yeah. You want to do stealth skills or strength skills, and then there's stuff like mimic. Where Ooh. do you want to play as a coffee cup? Yes. <laughs> <It's> re- <laughs> so like mimic will let you turn into like any object in the game world, and you can use this to like throw yourself through tiny crevices. <laughs> like there was one part I couldn't remember what I was trying to do, but I was like trying to hit this, the lock from the other side of a door. Right. So I like turned myself into a coffee cup, then rolled through like kind of a bank teller window, stuff like that. And it's really weird. That's like, so cool the, though. It's like, yeah, cool it's emergent. a lot of fun. There's a lot. It's very emergent. And like, there's stuff where I'm like, they give you a lot of like foam pellets that you can shoot, and I never figured out what you're supposed to do with them. Mm. But I'm sure speedrunners do and stuff like that. Yeah. But part of why this game is on my list is because of the ending, which I don't want to spoil. But Obviously. it was like probably favorite ending of the year, where it's just like there was one thing about the story that I w- was bugging me, and I was like, this makes no sense, but whatever, it's a video game. And then the ending completely revolves around that. And I was just like, I was right, goddammit! I knew you were gonna... You know? <laughs> like, what seemed like a plot hole that they were just writing away because it's a video game. So, like, the game ends, and it's kind of a very non-ending. Yeah. And then credits roll, and then there's a post credit scene, which just flips the whole so thing So they bamboozle head. you. Yeah, they bamboozle you in a very good way, and I was very happy with that. That's awesome. 
so yeah, it's a really cool game, cool story, and like you can replay it because like some of the paths power wise you can give yourself more alien abilities and just kind of make yourself into a demigod and stuff. Yes. And, kind of, and that may affect the ending and stuff. Like, oh, you like, you know, you may kill people and stuff. Or you can be the hero and try to save the space station or destroy the whole thing with everybody on board. It's a cool game. Definitely sounds like a game you you could just revisit casually and still find more fun with it, though, yeah. Yeah, because you may have seen that I, I just bought it again on Steam. Yep. Because I wanted to... They have the DLC, and I was like, man, if I really probably okay, want to play That's it. good news for me. Oh. Because <laughs> I played on PS4, and the combat was really kind of hard with the controller. I was so going like, to ask man, about that, because you don't seem the type to really no. need to enjoy first-person combat on dual analog sticks. Yeah, I can deal with third-person now, but first-person was a little rough, so it's like, oh, I'm going to go as sneaky as I So, like, my main combat in this game was kind of doing the Bioshock thing of just turrets everywhere. Yeah. I am setting up turrets everywhere. <laughs> I am carrying them with me in front of me everywhere I go. So you do the shooting so I don't have to. You're just a Santa Claus running by with a big bag full of turrets, just dropping them off for all the kitties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could. So, yeah, everything will be persistent. So you can just put a bunch of turrets in a room. And then when you come back, if, if enemies have spawned, uh-oh, they're dead already. Nice. Yeah, the, one of the things people don't like is that, like, as the story progresses... Like enemies will respawn in areas, which they kind of have to do because you if you just clear out the whole game, yeah, yeah. So that's my number six, John. Yeah, you got a number six. I guess I do. Yes. Um, it's it's kind of the same basic thing as Soul Blazer, where it's just like perfect and makes me happy, mm. and it's just completely together, except all just a little bit more. I think uh, this is. This. This is E6. Arkham oh, Ravishton. nice. A six at six. <laughs> um, I Yeah, this game is perfect and made me very happy. It's got gorgeous music. It looks so good. The, yeah, it's, like, it's like that early oh. 3D where it's like, it's definitely lower poly than what you'd expect, but like, it's the way they <laughs> color their worlds, it just like looks really nice and vibrant at all times. And the camera, the way it works, where all the sprites are 2D, you don't control the camera, so it's just like, hmm. It's always it's hard fixed, to, and, it's, like and a, like, it's dynamic yeah, it's, in the ways that it needs to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a little diorama. Every all The world is this big, gorgeous diorama, and it's really pretty to look at. It's kind of what the... I guess it's sort of like what the 3D land 3D world does with its perspective, which yeah. works really well except that it's way more like vibrant and organic yeah. and natural yeah. uh, um so it's just aesthetically it really agreed with me and the story was totally complete and nice and i loved all the characters um i loved the little the big maze dungeons i it's just a really lovely little experience yeah it's just like it, it you know it came to define what a modern east game would be even even yeah. though it's their first outing, it's like it's still this super solid thing. Even with the minor nitpicks one could probably have with it, it's just like yeah. it's very quick. It's to the point. It gets in and does the thing that it needs to do and gets out. And it's just really man, that game's so good. It doesn't waste yeah. your damn time. No, it doesn't. It doesn't waste <laughs> your damn time. That's always what I think about with that game. It didn't waste my time. It was just like, oh, it's over already. Jeez. Yeah. 
That's like that. That's like my only nitpick. I probably could have gone for the Mega Ease Final Dungeon because I love playing that game so much. Because that's and like all Falcom games now out. is the Mega Final Dungeon that literally takes three <laughs> hours to finish. Yep. I so think the one in seven is one. pretty modest, but it mm. has one. Mm. So that when this one did not have that, I was like, "Whoa, that's different." <laughs> so yeah, E six is amazing. I can't wait to play Oath and Felgana. I can't wait to play just every Falcom game. Yeah, there's a lot of ease on Steam if you want it. Yeah, yeah, it's all like, there. Yeah, like more than anything else, Falcom just really agrees with me right now. Yeah, and more than really any other dev or thing. Like I'm just excited to keep deep diving in Falcom games next year. Mm, cool. So this game's fabulous. I love it. Holly! Yo! Do you have a number six? Last hey, entry. my number six was E6. I just got, got what Red Oh my set. god, I said that. Six <laughs> and six. Wow. How do you... <laughs> how are you still literally catching jokes two minutes after the fact and we've been doing this for almost five years? How? <sighs> Oh, that's funny. I was oh, like, you are me? you're a real special case, John Thayer. <laughs> it's true. I'm, oh a, I'm a special boy. You are a spe- you are a special boy. Mm-hmm. My number six, six is my number six is it's not the sixth entry of anything. It is actually the first. Uh, my number six is Stein's Gate. Mm. This was just a great like, despite the hangups that I have with it. Yeah, that, that its char- its main character is kind of scummy towards certain things um what what ultimately won me over is just the sheer amount of heart that this story has and just just how well the time travel aspect of it is put together the fact that they go to great lengths using all of the science that they can to make this make sense even though uh, making a time machine out of a microwave makes no fucking (laughs) sense at all have uh, you tried the banana thing? I haven't it tried totally it. Totally works. I haven't tried it. I'll, I, I've got banana. Cell phone, a microwave, and a banana. Boom. Well, yeah. you gotta you gotta put a cell phone on the thing too. You gotta find a way to rig that into the setup, and I don't <laughs> I don't know how to do that. We'll get Chelsea to do it. She's we'll a little hack CERN. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea can be our Kurisu. She would probably be the best Kurisu, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, it's just a really great story that's, uh, like, like, I often see it called one of the greatest visual novels ever made, and I kind of agree with that sentiment. Like, I had my doubts going in, because people tend to just overhype things way too much, but I came out the other mm-hmm. end with just like, no, I, I genuinely care and love all of these characters, and I really want what's best for them, and then Steins Gate Zero happened and <laughs> made me sad for fucking 20 hours. Because that game's sad, but <laughs> but like, but, but, and the way that this game winds itself down to its true ending is just super satisfying. I wish that the methods of getting to the, the true <laughs> end route weren't so dumb and obtuse visual novel bullshit. Oh god, but, yeah. But you don't have to worry about that if you watch the anime. Yeah, and I guess they're yeah. gonna fix that in Steins Gate Elite, which is uh. <laughs> It's a new version of the first game coming out where they're... It's kind of going to be like an anime visual novel where they're literally just taking the anime and they're animating... Right. They're animating uh, new transitional stuff to kind of help smooth it out to have the same sort huh. of feel as the first game. 
and it's gonna be like fully animated and then like all of the choices and stuff are kind of just gonna like pause gameplay real quick and things like that so they're, they're doing something real huh. weird it seemed interesting in action but i hope they're not using clips from the original anime it's that's kind of the anime yeah they are literally uh, using, they're using the anime as a base and then that same studio is making transitional stuff to kind of help like to kind of help it fit the original game's mold a bit better because uh, the old the anime i think is like old enough to not be in hd no it's 2010 so i if it's I not they're like, probably upscaling yeah. it more than likely so yeah they're gonna have to clean it up a bit if they do new stuff they'll the new stuff will probably look way sharper yeah you'll have that weird contrast yeah, where in, in steins gate zero. zero where they're clearly using an old body mo- or, or an old head model on a new body <laughs> it's like you that looks real fucking weird <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just a great game with a lot of great characters, a lot of great stories, a lot of, here, we're going to punch you in the feelings for the next five hours. Oh, after yeah, the, the big, after like second the, half. Yeah, like, you get this big climactic moment out of fucking nowhere. Like, it's not where I saw this story going at all, so it genuinely nope. caught me by surprise. I was like, oh, fuck. That really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh. like... The thing that you have, the things that you have to do to correct history, it's just like really painful to have to do it to like to to change the things that you originally changed that made people's lives quote unquote better. You have to be the person that rips all of that away from them, and it's just like have. <gasps> left it left me as soulless as the main character by the end. I was just like, <laughs> I can't like. By the time this game was finished, I was emotionally spent, but I got my happy ending, which kind of like. Helps push you across the finish line a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Steins Gate is a marvelous visual novel. I will always, you know, I will always recommend it with the caveat that, yeah, there's some weird transphobia in it that is real squicky and probably didn't need to be there. But for the most part, like, all of the other characters in the game are very respectful of that yeah. kind of thing, and it's still very forward thinking, even with the issues it's that just I have. A hero. With it. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 uh yeah, that game left an impression on me. It's not one that I really expected either just because like I said, people talk that game up all the time and like I've had the anime recommended to me god knows how many times and I just never really got around to it. <laughs> yeah, but then I actually played the game and was just like, "No, I'm sitting here sobbing at 3 in the morning because of these <laughs> dumb characters. Fuck you video games." <laughs> I love you video games. I love you video games. <laughs> Hurt this kind of sounds more. like a Life is Strange went, like, way harder. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree, even I though I haven't played the game version. The moments in, in, like, a couple of the moments in Life is Strange probably hit harder, but it's probably just one moment in particular where me and Rhett did opposite <laughs> things because I'm not a monster like Rhett. Uh, uh, yeah, I think some of the stuff in Steins Gate probably hits a lot harder just because of like how life changing it is for some of the characters to like have these things ripped away from them. And it I'm real the curious if forward. the Life of Strange developers played Steins Gate at some point. Yeah, I'm curious about that. You'd think a time travel visual novel would probably want to be aware of what the other competition was doing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Steins Gate, really, really good. Happy to have played it. Happy to have played Zero as well. That's a, that's a, a damn fine little series. Good, good job, visual novels. Cool. Some representation for you. 
Is that all of the? So that's is that all the Science Gate games? Uh, yeah, it's just Steins Gate, Steins Gate Zero. Cool. Yep. So I do believe that brings us to the end of day one of our 2018 Game of the Year list. But before we bop on out of here, Rhett, why don't you give us your 10 to 6? Okay, my number 10, Gravity Rush 2. Number 9, The Nonary Games. Number 8, Super Hot VR. Number 7, Next Machina. Number 6, Prey 2017. John Thire, why don't you give us your 10 to 6? Number 10 is... Kingdom Hearts. Number nine is Poly Dungeon. Number eight is Witch Spring 3. Number seven is Soul Blazer. Number six is E6 Arc of Napishtim. And my 10 to 6 go Poly Dungeon. Number nine, Fishing Minigame 2. Number eight, Trails of Cold Steel 1. Number seven, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. And number six, Steinsgate Z. Steinsgate. Just, just yeah. <laughs> Steinsgate. I don't know why I was going to go into Zero there. Zero is not the one I would put there. Although I guess I could be cheeky and just say that that's a spot for both games. I'll do yeah, the, John- the first. I think the first one. The first one is obvious. Has a much bigger font. Yeah, font yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's written in thirty-two point, and Steinsgate Zero is like an eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to do it for day one. Uh, tune in tomorrow where we will find out what the actual real good video games yeah, of 2018 are. Because yeah, this, this other shit, we're throwing it in the trash as soon as I press the stop record button. So just get all of these out of your system now. Don't even worry about them. Not worth playing, probably. Right? Like, who would want to play any of this? Look, garbage? time is precious. You only want to play our top five. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So we will catch you tomorrow. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.